Hey friends, what up? Welcome back to Babylon Tom. Today we're starting the after sign of 16 of Masech to Chagiga. Friends, mm. well, who could tell me what Daf 16 talks about? It's Geshmak. So the first part of the Daf is like, you know, more agadity kind of stuff. Um, friends, at the bottom of the Aftazayin of there's a Mishnah that is mind-blowing. Well, I'm just gonna, I feel like it would be better if I didn't make the following statement, but I gotta, cause I, cause I care too much about you. Well, I don't know, I just, I just built that up for no reason. Anyways, friends, oh gosh, I just confused everybody. I'm sorry, we're going weiter. Um, okay, friends, we're gonna start in the Aftesvav Mudbeis. Three lines from the bottom of the page. Tell me when you're ready. Shal nimus agardi esrebmeir. Okay, so I I actually probably should have read this uh, last night. First, I I thought that I stopped a little bit early last night, but okay, whatever it is. It's basically the the last little tidbit, the last little bit related to Acher. Shal nimus agardi esrebmeir nibus nimus the gardi. Who could tell me what a gardi is? It's uh, a weaver. So he asked her, Mayor, call Omer Denochus Liora Salik. Does every, um, you know, clump of wool that goes into dye, so the dye kind of gets absorbed by the wool? Omer the Mayor says, Command Ava Noki Agavime Salik. Kodlu Ava Noki Agavime Lo Salik. That if it was basically completely pure, so then, yeah, the dye goes in. But if it wasn't completely pure, then the dye doesn't necessarily go in. And therefore, you know, as relates to Acher, he wasn't necessarily completely pure, and that is why maybe the Torah that he studied didn't completely get um, absorbed properly into the Kishkes. Friends, moving on. So the Bryce had said that out of the four that went into the Pardes, Ben Zoma, Ben Azai, Acher, and Rebakiva, Rebakiva is the only one who left unscathed. The Pasuk says about Rebakiveh, Draw me after you and we will run. Sounds good to me. And even Rebakiveh, the ministering angels, wanted to push him away. The says, Leave this elder alone, that he is fit to uh, use my honor. My Dorish, how did Rabbi Akiva know which areas in the Pardes to avoid? Right, he managed to stay, to, to, be, to come and to go unscathed. So how did he know this? Okay, he comes from the myriads of holy. Sounds nice. Osu that there's a certain sign in his myriads. Alright, and I guess Rabbi Kiva knew that sign. Alright. Uh, okay. He's, uh, I don't know. Uh, 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 I don't know. What does Dogu mean? Is that like surrounded or like elated or, you know, raised up from his myriads? Dugmuhu Birvava is an example. In his myriads, I guess some kind of indication of where God is, and I guess where not to go. Hashem Shemo Adonu 
that God is a God of legions, is his name. So he's a master in the le- in his legions. Uh, all right. So I guess he just stayed away from the legions. Now, where's this Pasuk? This Pasuk is in Milachim, in Kings. So it says that God is not in the wind. Then after the wind was a um, loud noise. It says the Ebush is not in the loud noise. Then after the loud noise came a fire. God is not in this fire. And after the fire, a very, very thin voice. over, and that's when God was passing. So I guess, I guess that there are indications of when you know that God's coming by, and I guess if you're going into the pardes, you should probably find cover. Rabbi Kiva knew exactly, I guess, how to navigate the pardes, and he managed to leave unscathed. That there are six things that are said about demons. Of these six things, in three ways they are like the ministering angels, and in three ways they are like uh, flesh and blood. In three ways they are like the ministering angels. That that demons have wings, like ministering angels. And they fly from one end of the world to the other. Like the ministering angels, and they know what's going to happen in the future. Like the ministering angels, what you really think that demons know what's going to happen in the future? Rather, it means that they hear things from behind the heavenly curtains, like the ministering angels. And in three ways, the demons are like the people. They eat and they drink like the people. They uh, procreate, they, they, they reproduce like the people. And they perish like the people. There are six things that are said about human beings. In three ways they are like ministering angels. And in three ways they are like the animals. In three ways... Uh, human beings are like uh, ministering angels. They have knowledge, intellect, like the ministering angels. And they walk, so like on two legs vertically, like uh, ministering angels. And they speak the holy tongue, um, uh, like the ministering angels. And in three ways, the humans are like the animals. They eat and they drink like an animal. And they procreate uh, like animals. And they um, 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 release, uh, uh, expel excrement like animals. Somebody who looks at four things, it's better that he should not be born. That's what the Mishnah said. So I understand why a fellow shouldn't look uh, what's above, you know, what's a, what's too high, what's in the heavens, what's below the earth, what's going to be in the future. But looking at history, looking in the past, what, what, what's the big deal with that? Whatever happened, happened. I mean, you know, you're just observing what happened. So Biyachan and Rabbi Elazar, both Rabbi Yochan and Rabbi say, 
Moshal Mel Bosuvadom. It's a parable to a king of flesh and blood, Shomalavodov, that he said to his uh, servants, what do you say? Binuli Patun Gidolin Al Ashba. Make me a big palace on a on a garbage heap. So they did that. So the Poshid built a palace, but the palace was underneath a garbage heap. Or at least it was, or maybe it means that it was a garbage heap and they replaced it with a palace. So you don't want to like, you know, look at the history over there and say, oh, well, it used to be a garbage heap. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, even looking back in history can sort of be negative. Even though, sure, you're just observing things, but we might not want you to do all do so much poking around. Interesting. Somebody doesn't have, uh, um, um, I guess, mercy or empathy or, or or sensitivity towards the honor of his uh, mass of his owner. Rosulo shelobal olam better that he shouldn't have come to the world. Mayi, what does this mean? Rabbam is amistakal bekeshes. Rav Yosef amizel over aver beseiser. So Rabbah says that somebody who doesn't uh, have mercy on his uh, on his on his on his owner that somebody who looks at a rainbow the Gemara is going to explain why what the what, what's the issue with looking at a rainbow Rav Yosef that that is a reference to somebody who violates a sin in uh, private so what's the issue with looking at a rainbow as it says in the passage like the rainbow in the clouds. On a rainy day, can excuse me, oh, excuse me. I'm sorry for that. So, like the uh, le- like the uh, like the uh, rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day, can marry Hanoga Soviv. That is like the sight of the emanating around it, who married Muskvod Hashem, and that is the image of God, of the honor of God, meaning. Uh, in a rainbow is the image of uh, the honor of God and therefore by staring at a rainbow you're basically staring directly at God and you know that's not uh, it's not very respectful Rav Yosef Omer says Rav Yosef is over that somebody who violates a sin in private is uh, somebody who doesn't have uh, have mercy on the honor of his master and better uh, of his owner and better that he shouldn't be uh, have come into the world that somebody who uh, does a sin in 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 hide in secret, so it's as if he's like pushing away the feet of God. Remember, the puzzle says that the, that so says God that the heavens are my throne and the uh, uh, land, the ground, the earth is my footstool. So new, so. So therefore, if the earth is his footstool, and you're basically saying, well, the Ebishter won't see me over here, let me sin. So you're basically pushing away God and saying, this isn't your footstool, your feet are not here, not, 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 not in this nook, and therefore you sin. So, so if you sin in private, it's like you're pushing away God. Ini is really so. One second, the elder says that if a fellow sees that his evil inclination is 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 coming down stark, also she should go up to a place where nobody knows him, and he should wear put on black clothing and and, and wrap himself in in black, and he should do 
and then then do his heart's desire and do not um, disgrace God's name in public. So we see there that Davke, um, a fellow who 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 is overwhelmed by Zitzahara and he has to do Episinavir, so he should go to a place where nobody knows him, i.e., you know, on the one hand, Rabbi Yitzhak is saying that a fellow who uh, violates a, a, a sin in, in, in secret, so that's bad news, it's like you're pushing away uh, God. But on the other hand, we're saying that Davka, you know, if you have to do Nevera, better to do it in secret. So what's the deal? So it depends. If he's capable of subduing his evil inclination, so then if he allows his inclination nonetheless to uh, over overpower him and to and lemaisa to sin, so then even so, if he's doing it in uh, private and he could have uh, prevented it, so then it's like he's pushing away God. However, in a situation where it would be impossible to overcome his uh, evil inclination, so then okay, go to a place where at least where nobody knows you and don't make a, a chil Hashem in public. Darsh Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Nachmani Ua. So Rabbi he expounded. And he was the translator of Rishlakish. What did he say? Somebody looks at the following three things, his vision becomes weak. A rainbow, the the the, the like chief rabbi and the priests. Somebody looks at a rainbow, his eyes go weak, as the Pazak says, that like the vision of a rainbow in the clouds, on a rainy day, is the appearance of the image of the honor of God. And therefore, you know, if you're looking at a rainbow, you're basically looking directly at the honor of God, and that can have a detrimental effect on your vision. Um, where am I? Um, wait, uh, where did I go? Somebody looks at like the chief rabbi. The puzzle says, that you'll place from your splendor upon this fellow. So for the Nasi, it's like he has the splendor of God. And therefore, if you're looking directly at the, at the chief rabbi, so it's like you're looking directly at God, and it's uh, your your vision may become weak. And finally, somebody who stares at the priests, when the temple stood, that they would stand on their platform and they would bless Israel, with uh, you know, with God's name and the uh, and and the and and says Rashi Shashkin and the divine presence was resting upon their fingers. So if a fellow looks at the fingers of the Kohanim at the time that they are uh, um, 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 stating blessing their priestly blessings, so then Mimele, uh, your eyesight may suffer. Because you're looking directly at the um, the divine presence. And the translator of Rishlakish expounded. What does the say? Do not believe the the friend. Do not uh, have faith in the uh, general. If the evil inclination says, meh, just sin a shtickle, and the Ebershter will forgive you, al taimin, do not listen to him. Al taimin v'inreya, okay, fine. 
there's probably a missing word over here. What's the word? Um, I don't know. Wait, what? The mochel lach al Oh, okay, fine. What do you want me to tell you? Um, so al taimin as the Bible says, al taimin right? Do not listen to the. I think it's bereya, right? Is that um? Hmm. Where's this pasuk? Mm. I I can't. You see, I can't read the the things. They're too small over here. I think it says bereya. So your friend, um, akoponim. So 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 fine. So atamim bereya vein reya eli yitzhara nireya is the yitzhara shenemar. The pasuk says ki yitzelev haadam ra minur because the friend's yitzer is bad from his uh um. Or from his young days, and I guess Ra is the same letters as Rea. Vin and the general is the that you are the general of my youth. Shemetomer me and maybe you're gonna say, yeah, but who's gonna testify against me, anyways? So Avne Beso Vikorus Beso Shlodom in Meidinbo. Well, the stones and the beams of a fellow's house are going to testify against him. About him, Shnemar, as the Pazuk says, Kevin Mikir Tizok, that a, um, that the stones from the walls cry out, Vichofis me etzi neno, and like a chip, a splinter from wood will answer. The Chacham Mom says, The Chacham Nishmasu Shadim Idabo, that a fellow's soul testifies against him. Shnemar, as the Pazuk says, Moshachto, I'm sorry, Mishichvas, Chekecho, Shmor Pisre Picho, no, Mishocheves, Chekecho. Right, I believe. Mishocheves um, pese. Now I lost the place. Mishocheves chekecha shmor pischepicho from the one that lies in your bosom. Um, guard the openings of your mouth. Ezuhi davershech shocheves bechikol shaladam. What is a thing that um, lies in the bosom of a fellow? Haviyomazon shame. That is the spirit, the soul. Rebzuka Omar. The two ministering angels that escort a fellow, they testify against him. That that the Abishter will make angels for you to guard you know your ways, and those angels can testify against you. That a fellow's limbs testify against him. That you are my uh, witnesses, the word, so is the word of God, and I am God. Uh, okay, well, um, alright, we know me to tell you, friends, uh, be careful out there. Um, alright, alright, friends, you ready for a mind blowing Mishnah? Mind blown. Says the Mishnah, Yossi ben Yu. Wow. Dude, I can't even say it. It's so powerful. Wow. Yosef ben Yuezer Omer Shlolismoch. Yosef ben Yochanan Omer Lismoch. Friends, this is mind blowing. Who are these people? These are the first of the Zugis. When do you ever see in the Mishnayis the Zugis? I mean, Pirkeavos. Fine. I mean, this is like. Like, you know, Moshe Kibbal Torah, Misina, Misar, Yoshua, Yoshua, Zikanim, Zikanim, Misur, Anshik, Nesses, Agadola. And then we start saying, Hey, Mamru, Shlosha, Devarim. 
Then what? They, they give it to Shimon Atzadik and I can't remember, and Tignesi Soho or something like that. And then it goes to, 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 to Yossi ben Yuezer, Yishtzved and Yossi ben Yochel and Yisri Yushalayim. I mean, this is insanity. I mean, we never see, I mean, friends, we've been learning together for more than two years. I mean, when did we ever see the Zugis quoted in Mishnayis? I mean, mind-blowing. And says says Rashi on the Mishnah says Vizoi Machlokas Vishonash Aisa Bachachma Yisrael. Friends. <laughs> what do you want me to tell you? I mean, this is the first ma- recorded machlokas. Wow. Yeah. They like talk about it in the Aktoma the Shna the Rams Aktoma the Mishnayas, they talk a little bit about like how like at what point Machlokas began. But I guess we're saying that this was the first recorded machlokas, I guess, um, between Yosef and Yosef, Yisrael and Yosef and Yochanan Yisrael. Anyways, now that um, um, our minds have been blown, let's go weiter. Yosef and Yosef, Omer Shlo Lesmoch, so says Yosef and Yosef, you don't do smicha. All right? An Yom Tif, right? We saw this in Mesechta, Mesechta Beya, about uh, doing smicha on Yom Tov. So, so it says, you, you, it says, you do not lean on a Corbin on Yom Tov. Shne, uh, fine. Yosef and Yochanan Omer Lismoch. Whereas Yosef and Yochanan says, yes, you do do smicha. You lean on an animal before slaughtering it on Yom Tov. Yoshua ben Prachya Omer Shalol Lismoch. Yoshua ben Prachya says, do not do smicha nitar Bailey Omer Lismoch. Whereas Nita Arbeli says that you do do smicha. Again, going through the Zugis, right? Those are already the first two sets of Zugis. Yehuda ben Tabay Omer, Shalol Lismoch, Shimon ben Shotach Omer Lismoch, Shmaya Omer Lismoch, Avtayon Omer Shalol Lismoch. So all the Zugis, right? They're basically divided on do you do smicha, don't you do smicha. Hillel and Menachem lo nechleku. Now Hillel and Menachem, okay, they did not argue. Yotzu Menachem nichnas shamay. Now, eventually, Menachem left. The Gemara is going to discuss what does it mean that he left. Where did he go? But Menachem left. Enter Shammai. Shammai Omer Shlolismoch Shammai says you do not do smicha on Yom Tif, and Hillel says that you do. And then the Gemara ends on a high note, and sa- the Mishnah ends on a high note, and says that you know all of these zugis, right? Yosef ben Yosef and Yosef ben Yochanan. So the first one listed of the pair was the Nasi. And the second one listed was the Abbezdin. Apparently the Nasi was kind of like the number one kind of rabbinic figure. And the Abbezdin was like the number two, apparently. So like in the Zugis, so um, Yosef ben Yezer was the Nasi. Yosef ben Yochanan was the Abbezdin. Yoshua ben Prachya was the Nasi, Nita Abeli was the Abbezdin, etc. So for each of the Zugis, the first one listed was the Nasi, the second one was the Abbezdin, Tanur Abonan says the Gemara, Shlosha Mizugis Arishonis Sha'amu Shalolismoch, so three of the first, uh, um, three Zugis mentioned, they said Shalolismoch that you don't do Smicha, Vishnai Mizugis Acharonim, and two of from the later the last two group of Zugis who said uh, to do smicha, they were the um 
they they were the Nisim. Ushnim Loim, Avos Bezdin, and the other ones that were mentioned was the Abezdin de Bemeir. That is the mayor's opinion. That the exception being Yehuda ben Tabe and Shimon ben Shatach. Because if we look in the Mishnah, uh, it says Yehuda ben Tabai says not to do smicha, and Shimon ben Shatach says to do smicha. So Yehuda ben so, so Yehuda ben Tabai was mentioned before Shimon ben Shatach. The Chacham said that even though Yehuda ben Tabai was mentioned first, um, he was the Abezin and Shimon ben Shatach was the Nasi. Okay, fine. Very good. So according to Reb Meir, uh, Yehud ben Tabe was the Nasi and Shim ben Shatach was the um, Abezin. According to the Chachamim, it was the opposite. Uh, uh, Yehud ben Tabe was the Abezin and Shim ben Shatach was the Nasi. In fact, the Gemara Mantana, the Adutanu Rabbanon, who is the author of Mantana, the Adutanu Rabbanon, who is the author of of that which the rabbis taught. Amr Buda ben Tabai says to Buda ben Tabai, Ere ben Echoma im laragti eidzomim. That basically, Ere ben Echoma is apparently like a pretty intense statement. It's like, Ere ben Echoma, I will see my condolences, right? Like, Kilu, my children will die and I will receive condolences, i.e., He's like swearing on his life, Kilu. Like, you know, Arab bin Achama, I will certainly, you know, um, see, I guess, Aragti um, that he's basically saying, I, I, I killed a, uh, Eid Zomim. Lotim Liban Shotzidukin, Shoomim, Ein Edim Zomim Nerogin, Achiharig Anidon. That we say that Edom Zomim can only be killed once the fellow, the other fellow was killed. Friends, there's a few things we need to discuss here. Wow, I feel like it's been a while since we had like a concept that we actually had to discuss like in this way. Anyways, friends, there's like three kind of steps that we need to talk about over here. First of all, who could tell me what Edom Zomimim are? Edom Zomimim are are essentially false witnesses, but in a specific kind of way. That basically, let's say you have Ruven and Shimon. They're testifying that Levi killed Yehuda, let's say. So, now, okay, fine. So, Ruven and Shimon, they testify that Levi killed Yehuda. Fine. Now, Yisachar and Zvulun, they come and they say, wait a second. Ruven and Shimon, how can you testify that you saw Levi kill Yehuda in New York? Because after all, right, how could you say that you saw Levi kill Yehuda in New York on, I don't know, the first of the month at 7 in the morning, whatever it is. At that time, you were with us in Miami Beach. So clearly, you're lying. And that's what's called Imanu Ploni. You were with us in a completely different place at that time. That's what's called Adim Zomimim. That basically, um, you know, Reuven and Shimon were trying to uh, you know, testify falsely against Levi and then they were disproven by Yisachar and Zvulun. So the passage says, So you do to these Edim Zomim what they were trying to do to the other fellows. So if Reuven and Shimon were trying to get Levi killed, so guess what? 
we kill Reuven and Shimon. So now, okay, so that's, that's step one. That's what Adam Zobim are, right? That the witnesses who are trying to testify uh, against somebody, and it turns out that they're lying in the way that Kilo, this, 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 this construct of Imanu Ayisim B'makum Ploni, that, you know, you couldn't have witnessed that because you were with us somewhere else. And the Allah is that we do to those people what they were trying to do the other, to the other person. Now, step two, or sort of quali- qualification number two, is that you have to, it has to apply to both. Kilu, Yisachar and Zvulun have to come and say, both Ruvain and Shimon, you were both with us in Miami Beach. It's not enough to just say that Ruvain was with us. It's only Adam Zombim if both of them become Adam Zombim. So that is um, uh, sort of detail number two. And detail number three is that, you know, in the event that Reuven and Shimon are testifying that Levi killed Yehuda, and therefore it's basically a capital case, so they would only be killed if Yisachar and Zvulun come along and undo their testimony once Levi was already uh, condemned to death, was already, right, the verdict was already out against Levi to be killed. They were, right, and we don't dilly-dally in Jewish law. It's not like, you know, in the United States, you could be on, I mean, I don't know that much, but my understanding is that in the United States, at least in certain places, you can mamish be on death row for, for quite some time. And I, apparently, they can't, you can't even, whatever, like, some places you have inmates on death row and they don't even actually have ways to kill these people. So they're literally just on there indefinitely. It's not like that in Jewish law. You know, fellows, Chayv Misa, they kill them that day. So, because otherwise it's called, um, what's it called? It's called, um, what's it called when you leave the, 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 the judgment hanging? Um, I don't think it's called Halana Sadin. It's, uh, oof, one second. Let me think about this for a second. Ah, yeah, of course, Inoyadin, I believe is what it's called. Inoyadin. Basically, we don't want to, you know, if the guy's got to die, so, so just get it over with. So anyways, so that's sort of qualification number three, is that if, if Reuven and Shimon were testifying that Levi is Chayv Misa, so we would only kill Reuven and Shimon, like they were trying to do to Levi, if Le- the verdict was already out that Levi is Chayv Misa. So those are the three things, right? Adim Zomim is that, you know, we say to these witnesses, you're with us in a different place, therefore you guys are liars. Number two, this has to be, right, both witnesses have to become Adam Zobman. And number three, um, 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 Reuben and Shimon would only be Chayv Misa if the verdict was already out against Levi that he's Chayv Misa. Now, the Tzidukim, however, argued slightly different with that last point, which is that Reuben and Shimon would only be Chayev Misa if Levi was already killed. Not, not, not if, uh, right, not, not if the verdict was out against him. No, that he would have to actually already have been killed in order for Reuven and Shimon to be Chayev, um, uh, Misa because of Adam Zom. So now, with that introduction, let's go back into the Gemara. So, Mantana Lodotana Rabbanan, who is the author of the following teaching, on Rebid ben Tabai. So, it says Rebid ben Tabai, Erib ben Nechomo, Imla Arakti Eidzomim. That he's saying that I certainly uh, killed an individual Eidzomim. So, going back to our example of Reuben and Shimon testifying against Levi that he killed Yehuda, and then Yusachar and Zvulun come along and make Reuben and Shimon Eidzomim. 
No. So in this case, Yisachar and Zvulun came along and testified that just Reuven was with them in Miami Beach. And so what happened? Rabbi Yudah ben Tabai killed Reuven. In order to um, remove any notion from the hearts of the Tzidukin, that they would say that they would say that Edim Zomim are only killed once, you know, if Levi is already has already been killed. So, so therefore, in order to make a statement, Yehuda ben Tabai killed just Reuven. You know, after Levi, the the verdict was already out against Levi that he was Chayv Misa, and then. Yisachar and Zvulun come and they say, look, Reuven was with us in Miami Beach and that was enough for Yehudim and Tabai and he says that, all right, Reuven, uh, we're going to kill you and I believe the, 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 the type of penalty for this kind of a thing is chopping off of the head. So, chaval. Anyways, so, Zel, so that's what Yehudim and Tabai says. That he killed uh, Ruvain for being an Eidzomin. Omar lo Shim ben Shatach. Now Shim ben Shatach says to Yud ben Tabai, says Er ben Achamo, Yim lo shafachta damnaki. Shim ben Shatach said, You certainly killed an innocent man. Sharei amu chacham, because the chacham said, In Eidim zomin nerogin achi zomushnei. That in order for, uh, you know, Eidim uh, zomin to be punished, both of them have to become Edom Zobamim. Both Ruvain and Shimon. It's not, it's not enough to just make Ruvain an Eidzomim. And therefore, Yudab and Tabai, you killed somebody who was not deserving of death. And if it was a situation of Malkus, i.e. if Ruvain and Shimon were testifying that Levi is Chayv Malkus, well then, both Ruvain and Shimon would have to become Edom Zobamim in order for us to administer Malkis to both of them. And also if they were testifying that Ruvain owes money to Shimon, uh, uh, that, that Levi owes money, right, Ruvain and Shimon were testifying that Levi owes money to Yehuda, and it turns out that they were Edom Zobamim. So in order for them to have to pay, so, so, right, in order for them to have to pay what they were trying to make Levi pay, so then they would both have to be Edom Zobamim. Now, continues the Brisa. Mearkibel Olov Yehuda Ben Tabai immediately Yehuda Ben Tabai accepted upon himself that from this point on he is only going to uh, teach Halacha with with Shimon Ben Chotach around so that if he's making a mistake Shimon Ben Chotach will um, correct him. Right, basically, Yehuda ben Tabai was Moda. He admitted to Shimon ben Shatach that he did the wrong thing, that uh, he basically killed Ruven when he should not have, because in order to kill Ruven, both Ruven and Shimon would have to be Adam Zomim. Uh, you, so the, for the rest of Yehuda ben Tabai's life, he would sort of prostrate himself on the uh, grave of, of Ruven, of that fellow. Nishma and and his voice would be heard, his weeping, his wailing would be heard. And everyone thought that it was the voice of Reuven. Of you know, obviously Reuven is a contrived example, but it, but, but it was the voice of this fellow who was killed by Yudah ben Tabai. So Amalim Koli who and Yudah ben Tabai says, no, it's not his voice, it's my voice. Tedu, and you should know Shalomachu Mumeis. 
that, you know, when I die, vein kolonishma, you're no longer going to hear my voice anymore. So therefore, you know, it's proof that it's my voice that's crying, not the voice of, of, of Ruven. Omar le how do you know that it wasn't Yehuda ben Tabai's voice? Maybe it was the voice of the of of Reuven. and maybe the reason why the voices stopped after Yehuda ben Tabai died. It's not because it was Yehuda ben Tabai's voice; it was the voice of Reuven. However, maybe uh, when when Yehuda ben Tabai got up to 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 to, to heaven, Duma Payuse Payse, maybe. Yehuda um, ben Tabe managed to 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 get Ruvain to kind of calm down a little bit, to to have him chill out a bit. Right? Or maybe uh, Ruvain was able to sort of get you know take Yehuda uh, ben Tabe to heavenly court. Maybe that's why he stopped crying. So 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 zo. Okay, fine. So Yehuda ben Tabe said that. Uh, you know, he was the one crying, but maybe it was actually the, the Ruven crying. Okay, fine. So now, money. Money, huh? So now, going back to the original question, who is the author, right? So, so who is the author of this Brysa, right? Because we had seen earlier, Machlokas between Reb Meir and the Chachom, that according to Reb Meir, Yehuda ben Tabai was the Nasi. Now, according to the Chachomim, Yehuda ben Tabai was the Abbezdin. So now, Yomad Bishlama Reb Meir. So I understand according to Reb Meir, Dom Mishim Ben Chotach Abezdin, Reb Yudah Ben Tabai Nasi. So I understand according to Reb Meir, who says that Reb Yudah Ben Tabai was the Nasi, and Shim Ben Chotach was the Abezdin. So Hainu to Kamuri Alocha Bifni Shim Ben Chotach. So that is why initially Yudah Ben Tabai was able to um, teach Alocha in front of Shim Ben Chotach. I.e., on his own, he said he he killed Reuven, right? Um, uh, so 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 that would make sense for Yudah ben Tabe to go out on his own to kill Reuven if he was the Nasi, if he was the 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 the, the chief rabbi, Eliomet Rabbanon. But if it's the rabbis that um, Shim ben Shotach was the Nasi, well then the Amr Yudah ben Tabe Abezdin Shim ben Shotach Nasi that Yudah ben Tabe was the Abezdin, but Shim ben Shotach was the chief rabbi. So Abezdin befni Nasi mimore. Halachi. So then, would the Abezdin teach Halacha in front of the Nasi? I.e., if Shimon ben Shotach, like the rabbis were saying, it was the Nasi, then how could Yehuda ben Tabai have uh, uh, taught a Halacha and concluded uh, a Halacha in front of Shimon ben Shotach and went ahead and killed uh, this 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 Reuven in our example? So lo, we said no. That's not necessarily proof. My kibel olive, right? So it could be that um, uh, Shim ben Shatach was in fact the nasi. What it means is kibel olive. The Yud ben Tabe, who was the abezdin, accepted upon himself the ka'amr le'itztarufe to join together with him. Dafilu itztarufe nami lo mitztarifno. No, okay. So it could be that no. In fact, Shim ben Shatach was the nasi. So what exactly happened with this whole story with Ruvain the witness and the Enim Zomim? Well, as the abezdin. Um, Yudah ben Tabe was still able to sit in a in a, in a in 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 a court, right, and to give a verdict. So 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 he just you know he couldn't be more halach in front of Shimon ben Shatach, but maybe Shimon ben Shatach wasn't there at the time that he gave this verdict against Reuven, and 
and and and therefore what Yehuda ben Tabe, and so, so therefore Yehuda ben Tabe was allowed to kind of give this verdict because Shimon ben Shatach wasn't there, but after he heard from Shimon ben Shatach that he messed up and Mamish killed somebody who should not have been killed, he made up that he was only going to rule halacha if Shimon ben Shatach was actually there. He wouldn't rule in his absence anymore. Shimon ben Shatach had to be there and part, be part of the Beisdin as well in order for Yudim and Tabai to um, give a halachic opinion in order to avoid um, sort of the, 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 the unfortunate situation that happened when Ruven got killed. But in fact, um, you know, you could argue that Shimon ben Shatach was the Nasi. Now, moving on in the Mishnah, the Mishnah said, So, super interestingly, the Mishnah says, so initially, Hillel was with a fellow named uh, Menachem. And it says Menachem left and was replaced by Shammai. Where did Menachem go? I mean, this is extremely interesting stuff. Hillel, right? We always think of Hillel and Shammai. Initially, there was a Menachem. And he kind of went somewhere. Who, where? Where did it go? Right, he says he kind of went off the deep end. Rav Yomar Yotzel Avodas Hamelech says Rav he went to work for the government. Tanan Amiachim we talk and learn in the Brisa like this. Yotzel Menachem Avodas Hamelech that Menachem went to work for the government. Yotzel Imo Shmonim Zugis Tamidim Levushin Serukin and with Menachem went uh, eighty um, uh, pairs of students who were wearing um, um, government uh, fancy clothing. Amr of Shem Barabbas says Shem Barabbas Amr Biochnon in the name of Biochnon. The Olam Atei Shvus Kalabei Necho. Friends, a Shvus should never be taken lightly. Who can remember what a Shvus is? A Shvus is like an Isser de Rabbanon, right? For example, we learned Daflam and Vavim Sech Tebeya in Rochan Agav Behema that we don't ride on an animal, right? That we don't uh, climb trees. So, so. So, so a shvus, these tinim the, derabonon, the, these should not be taken lightly. Sharei, smicha ina elemishum shvus, because uh, leaning on an animal on Yom Tov is really just a shvus, right? For the same reason that we don't ride on an animal. So we also don't put all of our uh, weight on an animal and lean on it before slaughtering it on um, Yom Tov. So that's just a shvus. It's a din derabonon. Vinechel kuba. And yet, all the greatest elders of the generation argued regarding a shvus, regarding smicha um, leaning on an animal. Pshita. Well, isn't that obvious that you need to take shvuses seriously? So shvus mitzvah itztricha lay. He says, yeah, but I may have thought that a shvus, in the context of a mitzvah, such as leaning on an animal on a korban, so maybe that would be okay. Honami pshita. But, uh, okay, isn't that also um, obvious that if it's a shvus, that you're not allowed to do, you're not allowed to lean on this animal, so you're not allowed to, so you're not allowed to lean on an animal. So, the Gemara says, wait, but I may have thought, right, there's a, there, there's a machlokus about if um, you actually need to do smicha on, on a korban bichlal, that there's a question that when it comes to obligatory uh, obligations, so maybe um, you don't actually have to do smicha at all. So what Rabbi Yochanan is coming to say is that, no, everyone agrees that you have to do um, smicha, an obligatory obligation, uh, 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 korbanus, 
the question over here is really just a question of is um, leaning on an animal a shvus uh, 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 or not? Is it also midrabanan or not? And and that's the machlokas here. So what Rabbi Meir, so what, what, what Rabbi Yochanan is coming to say is that the machlokas that we're seeing in the Mishnah is about whether the um, whether the, the the leaning on the animal on Yom Tif would be considered a shvus or not, but it's not a machlokas about whether you have to do smicha uh, bichlal. Om Rabbi Barachamo says Rabbi Barachamo shmamino smicha b'chol kocho b'yinu. So says Rabbi Barachamo that we can see from here that um, that when you lean on an animal before slaughtering it, you have to lean with all of your with, with with all of your strength you lean on the animal because if it enters your mind that you don't need to do it with all of your strength so my call of it right from the fact that there's a machlokas between can you do smicha or not because we're concerned that maybe it's a shvus maybe it's like riding on an animal right if you're putting all right so that implies that you're putting all your weight on it that's why we have to consider well if you're putting all of your weight on it is it considered a shvus like riding on your animal because if you didn't have to put all your weight on it, so then who really cares? Right? My call of Who cares? Let him do smicha if he's not actually putting all of his weight on it. So from the fact that there's a machlokas about can you do smicha or not, so memele means that when you do smicha, when you lean on the animal before slaughtering it, you have to put all of your uh, weight on the animal. Mesve. However, we have a question. Dabro Speak to the males of Israel and they will lean on their animals. That it's the males who have an obligation, the boys have an obligation to do smicha, to lean on the animals. The girls do not have an obligation to do smicha on animals. Rab Yossi, Rab Shimon Omim, says Rab Yossi, Rab Shimon, Benosi, And nonetheless, girls would be allowed to lean on animals um, volitionally, optionally. Omer Rab Yossi says, Rab Yossi, Sochli, Abba Elazar, that Abba Lazar uh, said to me, Pam lanu egel One time we had a calf of a of a korban shlomim, noshim, and we brought it to the uh, women's courtyard, of noshim, and the women did smicha on the animal. Now, not because there is an obligation for women to do smicha, but just so that the women should be part of it. So that um, they they'll feel included in the korban shlom. Now, now getting back to our question, right? We had said Rambam Barachama says that it must be that smicha is with all of your strength, which is why they're arguing about can you do it on on yom tif or not? But if it enters your mind that smicha is with all of your all of your strength, I don't understand. If we're saying that smicha is with all of your strength, then how could it be that um, Abba Lazar is telling Rabbi Yossi that they just, you know, brought the 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 korban, which is Kodshim, to the Ezra Snoshim so that the women could lean on it. I mean, if they don't have an obligation to do smicha, and smicha is with all of your strength, which means that they're basically bringing the animal uh, to the women, and they're going to do smicha with all of their strength, which is basically... Uh, right, kind of working and 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 and, uh, and applying, uh, uh, I don't know, some kind of, I, don't know, I guess, uh, what exactly? It's w- working, I guess, right? I guess you're you're forcing the animal to sustain all of your weight, 
um, for no reason, right? Because there's no obligation. So so that would therefore sound like you don't do smicha with all of your um, strength, and that is why, and that is why uh, the, they were able to bring the shlamim to the women to do smicha, even though they're not obligated to do smicha because it wasn't with all their strength anyway. So it's not like they're doing avodah with kachim. So the gemara says la'olam emalach ba'inim So really, I say no. You do need um, to do smicha with all of your strength. Well then, how do we explain why they brought the korban to the women to do smicha uh, if they're putting all their weight on it? Wouldn't that be avod b'kachim? So we say no. We said like just kind of take it easy, um, you know, just kind of like you know float on the uh, just uh, don't exactly put all of your weight on the uh, on, on on the animal. If that's the case, so then when we say that. We brought the animal not because they have an, the, wish, the women have an obligation to do nashim, but to, to do smicha. Typically, they ain't a smicha klal. Say that the reason why we would bring it over is because they weren't actually doing. Not, not not only are they not obligated in doing smicha, but they weren't actually doing smicha because they were not putting all the weight on the animal. So Rabbi Kamar says Rabbi yeah, it's saying two things. So first of all, they weren't actually doing smicha at all because smicha has to be with all of your weight, and they weren't using all of their weight. And additionally, um, so that the women would, would have good vibes and have a connection to the korban that they're offering as well. But smicha, uh, but, but the smicha that we do on the animal really does need to be with all of your weight. Amr Papa says, This implies that the sides of an animal are forbidden. Um, because if, if it enters your mind that the sides of the animal are permitted, then let him do smicha on, on, on the sides. Meaning there was a machlokas that we had all the way at the end of Masech Shabbos, right, about the sides of an animal, the sides of a tree, kilu. When you ride on an animal, you ride on the top of an animal. What about the sides of an animal? Can you, can you kind of, you know, lean on the sides of the animal? So this implies that, well, the sides of, the sides of the animal are basically like the top of the animal. That's why we're saying that, you know, if you say that you're not allowed to do smicha, so you're not allowed to do smicha, whether it's the top, whether it's the sides, because if the sides were okay, well then, even if you say you're not allowed to do smicha, do smicha on the sides of the animal. So, so this implies, that even the sides of the animal are forbidden. mind that the, that the sides are permitted. So, so just, mele, just do smicha on the side of the animal, and then you do smicha, right? Feed two birds with one seed. You do smicha, and it's not an issue of, uh, of getting, you know, of like riding an animal. So rather it must be that stadden are also forbidden. And that's why you would not be allowed to use the sides of the animal uh, to do smicha. Um, if you say that it is forbidden. So, you can even say that studden of the animal are permitted. However, However, when you do smicha, you do smicha on the head of the animal. And the head is basically level with its back, with its top of it, with the top of the animal. And therefore, it's considered like the top of the animal. And, um, you know, if you do smicha, um, you know, you know, so, so, so even if you say, even if you say that the sides are permitted, but you have to do smicha on the head of the animal, and that would have to be, um, um, and that would, uh, not be allowed. 
Well, friends, that was the uh, test zayin of sixteen of Masechta Chagiga. I think it was pretty interesting. I mean, and, you know, the first part of the uh, daf we had a whole bunch of uh, gartas about all sorts of interesting things, and then we got to a new Mishnah, which I think was mind blowing because it kind of goes through all the zugis, um, and it also mentions the first machlokas apparently in Israel, which is which is regarding smicha, leaning on an animal before slaughtering it on uh, Yom Tiv. Along the way, we had a discussion about Rabbi Yudah ben Tabe and Shem ben Shatach. The question being, who was the Nasi? Who was the Abezdin? Says um, a mayor that Yudah ben Tabe was the Nasi and Shem ben Shatach was the Abezdin. Chacham say the opposite. Punkt fakert that uh, Shem ben Shatach was the Nasi and Yudah ben Tabe was the Abezdin. Along the way, we learned about Adam Zomin and how right the the concept of Kasher Zom Lasus Laachiv. That when you have witnesses who try to get somebody in trouble, but they turn out to be frauds because they were somewhere else at that, it was proven that they were somewhere else at that time. So then we do to them like uh, they tried to do to um, somebody else. And at the end of the daf, we saw an interesting uh, question about when you do smicha on an animal, when you leave on, when you lean on an animal, does it have to be with all of your um, strength? And um, Rabbi Bahama says it does have to be with all of your strength. We then tried to propose that maybe it does not have to be with all of your strength, but ultimately I think it says, I think we assume that it would have to be with all of your strength. And, uh, finally, we saw an interesting question about, um, what's with the sides of the animal? Okay, you know, if you ride on top of an animal, so that's a shvus, it's a problem, but what about the sides of the animal? Initially we wanted to say that, uh, it must be that the sides are also a problem, because if they were allowed, then you may as well do smicha on the sides. Uh, alternatively, Alternatively, we could say, no, the sides are taka allowed. The thing is, smich has to be done on the head, and the head is not considered like the sides. Therefore, it's a question of if it's allowed or not. Friends, that was a test design, that was 16 of Mesechta Chagiga. I hope you enjoyed. Peace out.